0: Parenting is hard, all right, and I know that not because I'm a parent, but because I've witnessed other parents. As somebody who has parents, I've watched my parents have to make difficult decisions and uh, have to deal with difficult children at times. Um, As a youth minister, I've watched parents have to be there for their kids when times are hard or discipline their kid when their kid does something wrong. Um... And so, if that wasn't enough, I've been to Walmart on Saturday mornings. <laughs> and so, I, I know that parenting is hard, not because I myself am a parent, but I've witnessed enough other parents, I know it's not for the weak, okay? So, today, we're going to be talking about parenting. But before we do that, before I, I get started, I want you to understand two things. Number one, I'm not a parent, and I'm not going to pretend that I know better than you parents, Okay, I don't have any children, um, and I'm not going to tell you how to raise yours, because that's not my place. All right, And I don't think that I'm an expert on parenting. But, I'm going to be preaching from God's Word. I'm going to tell you what I believe the text is saying, and what God's laid on my heart, my heart. And I hope that you guys will take something away from this morning. And the second thing is this, if you are not a parent... Or if your kids have all grown up and moved away and now you're not having to quite be as involved as some of the parents we saw up here on stage today. This still applies to you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about today, I thought it was only fitting to talk about Father Abraham. You know, he's a famous father. So... I'm going to read the story from Genesis 22, and if you guys want to flip to your Bibles, you can read along with me. It says this: "Some time later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, "Abraham, here I am," he replied. Then God said, "Take your son, your only son, whom you love Isaac." And go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Then early the next morning, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he'd cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Dad? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they had reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife. To slay his son. But an angel of the Lord called out from heaven Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son so Abraham called that place the Lord will provide and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided let's start off at the very beginning with this with God's initial request of Abraham says Abraham I want you to take your son but not just your son your only son The son that was promised to you. The son that you weren't supposed to be able to have. The son that would carry on your name and make your people a great nation. I want you to take that son, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Now, I don't know about you guys, I don't have any kids, but I would imagine I would have a few words for God in this situation. I wouldn't be like. Yeah. Let's do this. Maybe on a really rough day. But. Even then. Even then. I think I'd hesitate just a little bit. Again. Not a parent. So I don't know what it's like. But. So. I would. I would try to bargain with God. I'd be like. God. You know. Is there any way. That we can. Work this thing out. Can I just throw a little extra money. In the offering plate. No. Is there. Is there another way. Can you take me instead. Or. Maybe you would do what we typically do when God says something difficult. We just ignore him. We pretend that we don't hear it. We go on with our everyday lives. But that's not what Abraham does here. In verse 3 it says, Early the next morning Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and he went to do what God had asked him to do. He didn't waste any time. He didn't try to bargain with God, he just went and did it. And this isn't to say that Abraham was perfect, because he wasn't. Because if you look back in Genesis, you see Abraham make lots and lots of mistakes. All right, in chapter 16, he doesn't trust God when God says, I'm going to give you a son through your wife, Sarah. So he has a child with Hagar. In chapter 17, God casts judgment on the city of Sodom. And Abraham argues with God. He tries to work out a deal with God. But in both of these situations, Abraham was wrong. And in both of these situations, it led to pain and humiliation and heartbreak. Because Abraham didn't trust God when God had said, Do this, or I've got this. He didn't trust God's plans. But that's not the case here. He's learned his lesson. And he does what God says because he believes that God's plans are better than his plans. And that's my first challenge to you parents. Believe that God's plan for your child's life is far better than your plan for your child's life. And I know a lot of parents that have really great plans for their kids. Their kids are going to get straight A's. They're going to be the star ball player. They're going to get a perfect score on their ACT. They're going to take some cello lessons, full-ride scholarship to Harvard. They're going to become a doctor and a lawyer and everything else, all wrapped up in one. And mom and dad will never have to worry about retirement, you know. They've got really great plans for their kids. And sometimes those great plans line up perfectly with what God wants for your child. But other times, it doesn't. Other times, God asks parents to make difficult decisions. Because he has a better plan for your kids than you do. And I'm not just talking to parents. I think all of us as Christians have a hard time letting go and saying, God, take this. Your plans are better than my plans. I think we can all relate to this, whether we have kids or not. Oftentimes we get so focused on what we want and what we think is best, we forget about what God wants and what God thinks is best. And it's an issue of trust. We don't want to let go. And so today, I'm just going to give us one thing that we can do to trust God more. One of the things I do with my job is I write permission slips. I write a lot of permission slips. And on every permission slip, we have this emergency contact, this person that we're supposed to get a a hold of if we can't get a hold of mom and dad. And we always have their name and their phone number, and then we have this other blank that's the relationship to the child. We want to know if we're calling grandma or grandpa or an aunt or an uncle. Who is this person that we're getting a hold of? And I've yet to see anybody ever write complete stranger in that box, okay? Nobody does it. Nobody trusts what is most dear to them to someone they don't know. If you want to grow in your trust towards God, get to know Him. Abraham knew God, he knew His promises. He knew that God was faithful, no matter what, even if it didn't make sense. So that, that's why in, in verse 5 of this passage, Abraham says to his servants, Stay here, and then later, we will come back to you. He doesn't say just me. It says, we will come back to you. And in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, all right. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 11. It talks about this this story with Abraham. And it says this in verse 19. It says, He considered that God was able to even raise Isaac from the dead. Abraham knew God. He knew God was going to do something. He didn't know what. But he trusted him. And he trusted his plan. So if we get to know God, we will find it's easier to trust him. And one of the easiest ways, there's two things that we can do to get to know God on a deeper level. Let's read the Bible and pray, all right? It's something you might have heard of a couple times if you've ever been here. But when we read God's Word, we get to know who He is within the context of Scripture. We get to hear stories about Him. We get to see His commands. We get to see what is important to God when we read His Word. And something practical, something easy you can do to remind yourself that God is in control, and God is good, and God loves you, and he has a better plan for you, is memorize his promises. Find some of his promises in scripture and memorize them. So when you're nervous or you're worried, you can just turn to that. The other side of that is pray. Talk to God. Tell him about what's going on. Trust him with the little things, and it'll become easier to trust him with the big things. And let me tell you something. When you get to know God on a deep level, you're going to realize something about him. And that he loves your kids even more than you do. It's mind-blowing. Because I know parents who love their kids like crazy, but it's still nothing compared to how much God loves them. He has a plan for them. He has a purpose for them. He created them. He wants them. He sent his son to die for them. Just like he sent his son to die for you and me. You're never going to find anybody who cares more for your child than our Heavenly Father. So trust him. Trust him when he says he has a plan, and it's better than yours. Now I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to talk directly to the kids here, all right? Or anybody who has ever had parents. How about that? So have you ever had a time where your mom or your dad has said something, and you're like, no way. You don't know what you're talking about, all right? Or they, they ask you to do something, and you're like, that's ridiculous. You don't get it. You've ever thought that, man, I know better than my parents do. They're dumb. All right? And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because I don't want you to go home and get in trouble. All right? But I would venture to guess most of us have been in that position at some point in time. I can think back. When I, when I was growing up, I went to this little country church. And behind this little country church, there was a creek. And in the creek, my friend Roby loved to play. Okay? And so... I wanted to go play too. And my mom told me, you are not allowed to be in the creek. There's a couple of reasons why. Number one, there's snakes. Snakes are scary, all right? Number two, there's water, and I could drown. But number three, and the most important, there is poison ivy, all right? And once I get poison ivy, I'm going to complain about it to my mom. She doesn't want to hear it, all right? So like the brilliant child I was, I knew better than my mom. So I went and played in the creek, and I got poison ivy, and then I also got grounded. Because I didn't trust my mom when she said, hey, don't do this. Now I want you guys to pay attention to what Isaac does when he talks to his father here. This is the first exchange in verses 7 through 9 that we see between a father and a son. And Isaac sees all the pieces for the sacrifice, but he's missing the lamb. And he says, hey, dad. Everything's here, except for the lamb. What's going on? Where's the lamb? And his father, Abraham, says, God will provide the lamb. And then, Isaac throws a big fit. But he, no he doesn't. He doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't talk back. He doesn't say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He does it. He trusts his father as his father trusts God. And for... Those of you who are sitting there like, man, so if mom and dad want to take me up to the top of a mountain and sacrifice me there, I'm just supposed to go along with it. That's probably not going to happen to you. At least I hope not. That'd be very scary. But they may tell you that going to youth group is more important than playing that video game or hanging out with that friend or going to that practice. They may make you wake up for church because they believe that you're going to grow by being here. They may tell you to turn off the TV just a little bit earlier so you can read your Bible and pray before you go to bed. They may tell you not to hang out with that friend or not to watch that movie or not to listen to that music because they don't want you to fall into temptation. And so I want to encourage you to trust God, well, and trust your parents as they trust God. So when mom and dad say something that may seem off the wall, but it's going to help you grow in your relationship with Christ... Instead of fighting with them, just do it. Trust them. Like Isaac did. Now, we're going to go back to you parents. And one of the things that I've noticed about parents, specifically about my wife, is that she's inherited certain things from my mother-in-law, which is great. I love my mother-in-law. like She's absolutely fantastic. And I'm not saying that because she's here today and my birthday's next week, (laughs) all right? I'm saying that because it's, the honest-to-goodness truth. And one of the little things that my wife has picked up from her mother is she believes in Jesus and expiration dates, okay? So if that bread is bad on the 31st, it's gone on the 31st, all right? Something that she's picked up from her mom. In the same way, parents, if you want your kids to trust God, as you trust God, they've got to see you trusting God. You've got to be that example. That's one of the cool things about Abraham and Isaac. We don't know much about Abraham and Isaac in their backstory, in their life. But I would bet you, I would bet you that Isaac knew that his father trusted God. I bet Isaac knew that he was a result of a kept promise that God had made. And so when his father says, God's going to take care of this, he's able to trust his dad. Now, I don't want you guys to also get caught up on this like, well, Isaac was just a little guy. That's what I always pictured when I, when I thought about this. I was like, Isaac was not as fast. He wasn't fast enough to get away. He was too young to figure out what was going on. But as I was studying this, I found that a lot of scholars believe that Isaac was like 25 Jewish tradition puts him at 37. Isaac could have jumped up, overpowered his dad, and got out of Dodge. But he doesn't. Because he knows his dad has a relationship with God. And when his dad says God's going to take care of this, he can believe it. He can trust in that. So parents, what are you doing to make sure your kids see that you're trusting God? Are you reading your Bible with your kids? Are you praying with your kids? Do you make church and small group and community? Is that a priority? Do you do that in front of your kids? Do you forgive other people in front of your kids? Do you serve with your kids? Do you give in front of your kids? And when things are hard, do you still trust God in front of your kids? Because See, here's the thing. Someday, someday you're not going to be right there to help them out. But if they remember that mom and dad trust God... Even when things are hard, even when it's uncomfortable, they will likely do the same. Because I believe something. Parenting is hard. Parenting's hard. But parenting is totally worth it. Because there's no one on earth that has more potential to influence the lives of others than a parent. Not a coach, not a teacher, not a small group leader, not a youth minister. Nobody has the opportunity that you do to influence the life of another human being. So don't miss it. Don't miss this opportunity. Make sure that you're trusting God with everything you have. You're trusting his plans above your own. And make sure that your kids can see that and rely on you in that way. And for those of you that don't have kids, people are watching. You may not have young children at home, but I promise you, there are people watching you. It might be a coworker. It might be a friend. But people are looking to you, and they want to see what Christians do. So as I wrap up today, I want to read this verse that my wife read to me before bed last night, because we practiced this a couple times. And it's Isaiah 26, verse 4. It says, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord Himself, is the rock eternal. You guys pray with me. Father God, I thank you for this church. And I thank you for your son. And Lord, I thank you for parents. And God, I pray that we learn to trust you more than we even trust ourselves. That we can rely on you, even when things are hard. Father, I pray that you encourage us in that. You draw us closer to you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.